Welcome to Comadres y Comics. Comadres y Comics is a podcast hosted by three Latina women. We highlight the Latinx presence in the comic book industry as creators, characters, and fans. Join us as we talk chisme, comics, fandom, and beer. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Comadres y Comics. This is episode 72. We're your hosts, I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Hello, girls. How are you guys Hello. doing? Hello. I'm amazing AF. Sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It's it's a little crazy out there, but we're still here, guys. We're yes, still here. We're still here. We are going strong. <sighs> yes. Surviving. <laughs> well, let's just get right into it. Yeah. Cheese de la semana, guys. What do you guys have? Oh, well, well, actually, um, despite... It, all the bad stuff that was being said about it. Uh, Birds of Prey has become the fourth highest grossing movie of the year. Wow. Even among ah, the fourth highest? Yeah. Even among all the COVID-19 scare and everything and the people not gathering and stuff like that. It's The movie is a hit, mm-hmm. but people are just so salty and bitter and misogynistic that they're like, no, this movie bombed. It's awful. It's not good. But it... Uh, Truth be told, it was a very fun movie. Hmm. Um, um, like it's not gonna be winning any cinema awards anytime soon, <laughs> but it's just it was it was it was a fun movie and it was a good Harley story as well. Interesting. Uh, and it's uh, I like Margaret Robbie, so mm. I think she had a lot of fun doing this. Uh, and you can obviously tell as well. So it was just it was a good it was a it was a good popcorn flick, a good action movie, a good. A, a pretty good kind of like a superhero girl gang kind of movie. So if you're into that, I highly recommend it. I, w- I was not interested in it whatsoever just because I'm not a DC person to begin with. Um, also, I'm not a Harley fan. Um, I have read some Birds of Prey books, but Harley was not part of them at all. So I was like, eh. But um, I, everything I have heard mostly from people who I do um, respect their opinions on superhero movies and not superhero movies actually did say the same thing, that it was a very fun, entertaining movie. Interesting. I had also no interest in watching it. Um, I definitely will wait till I can watch it on iTunes. Um, only because I thought that it was Birds of Prey. Yes. It, not a Harley yeah. origin story. Yeah. Uh-huh. Which, if they're going to do an origin story for all the characters of Birds of Prey, I think that's cool. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I wasn't, that wasn't the sensation I got when they were um, advertising it. So that's one of the reasons I was mm-hmm. a little bit, uh, you know, not that interested. But, but you know, like you said, people have said good things about it. So, yeah, I'll definitely watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, fourth highest, I, 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 I wasn't expecting that at I, all either. I almost don't even believe it right well, now. Well, <laughs> to be honest, it's still, like, March. Uh, right. And and only two movies. <laughs> and, like, only a couple. And Just then there's kidding. been a lot of delays and stuff like that. Yeah. So, only, oh, like, it's one of the only movies in theaters right now. Got of. it. Uh, but it's not disappointing, which is right. a good yeah, thing. No, yeah. it's not disappointing. Uh, the other, this is going to sound funny, but the other uh, high uh, grossing films right now are Doolittle, Sonic the Hedgehog, and Bad Boys for Life. 
bad boys for life. What, in order. What's Doolittle? Oh, is that the um the, the, the doctor that talks to, to animals? Right, right, yeah, right. But, but the Iron R- Man dude who's Doolittle. Yeah, RDJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. So <laughs> Iron Man. Iron Man talks to animals. <laughs> so, apparently, apparently that movie wasn't good, but RDJ had enough appeal to everybody that everybody uh, went to go see it, uh-huh. and so it made enough money to make its money back and stuff like Got that. Got it. But it's not a good movie. Yeah. Uh, mm. But it is right now the highest grossing. Why one. do they keep redoing that movie? I know. Didn't uh, Eddie like Murphy? Yes, yeah. It? Yeah, I'm just like, shouldn't and, is and, it that enough? Right, yeah, <laughs> right. Why do we need... Remakes, and okay. also uh, the story of Dr. Doolittle, which is originally a book, is in yes. the public domain. Oh, okay, oh, okay. Yeah, so, so, yeah, you don't have to pay for rights to it. Mm-hmm. But still. Makes sense. Yeah. <sighs> and so, um, that's a... That's uh, how it is. And then, so that one is the first one. The second one is Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. And it's just, all right, that movie was fun. Yeah. I was I was ex- 100% expecting I still it to love be that a game. bomb <laughs> and like to be like not good, but it was actually a very fun movie. And Jim Carrey carried that movie throughout the whole I could imagine. thing. Yeah. And it's just, it, I hadn't seen Jim Carrey in anything. So just seeing Ever? It, no. I, in like, a while? Huh? In, in a, a while, while yeah. yeah. Okay. I don't know what his last movie was. Uh, I don't either. Yeah, I hadn't seen him in a while. And so seeing him back in a role and being, like, comedic and, like, being, like, really, like... What he does best. What he does best, like, outlandish, loud characters. It was it was fun. It was, it was a very fun movie and very good, like, go take your kids to see it. You'll definitely get a laugh out of it. While I was at the movie theater towards the end... I made a comment. I was just like, congratulations, you have a teenager. And apparently the dad next to me heard me say that. And he started laughing. (laughs) (laughs) And so, like, um, um, it's a... It's a, it's a really nice story, uh, but it's, but it was a lot of fun. It was like like I said, not gonna be winning any cinema awards anytime <laughs> soon, but it was a lot of fun. And sometimes that's all I ask out of my movies. Yeah, that's yeah. all I ever ask. <laughs> <laughs> What's your cheese, Kristen? Well, my cheese will make fourth grade. Um, what is that? Nine year old, ten year old, Kristen, very very happy <laughs> because. The book by Judy Bloom that every preteen girl has probably read, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, is going to be made into a live action movie. Oh, my God. Yes. I actually did not read this book myself. Oh, really? But uh, our teacher in the fifth grade would read chapters to okay, us. Okay, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. that was... Did the boys get grossed out? <laughs> I don't remember, but um, I really I mean, love the book. That's great that that boys were exposed to this. <laughs> yeah. Like honestly, like it shouldn't be some taboo secret that mm-hmm. young boys don't ever. So for those of you who are listening that have no freaking idea what we're talking about, are you there? Uh, God, me, it's me, Margaret. Is um, basically kind of um, uh, I want to say coming of age because she's young, but um, I guess kind of um, girl who gets her first period. Mm-hmm. And what that means to her, what it symbolizes, what it means to her and her friends. Like, it's a big freaking deal. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, all of us sitting in this room right now <laughs> have had it happen to us. And I remember exactly, I mean, it's one of those things where I was when 9 11 happened, where I was when the Challenger exploded, and where I was when I got my first period. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I definitely remember, and it's a very, like, monumental thing in, um, a girl's life 
just because it's just like this big change, dude. But you're also, bleeding. yeah, <laughs> like it's bad. You're, you're bleeding. You're bleeding. You you are bleeding from an area that you're just like, what the heck? <laughs> it's like pee comes out of here. Yeah. <laughs> no, wrong. No, wrong no. One. But when you're a kid, you yeah, don't know yeah, any better. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. true. Um, you don't yeah. know there's several holes. I remember, <laughs> right? You know. I remember my mom telling me that when it first happened to her, she thought she was dying. Wow. Like, yeah. because they don't talk about I've it at all. I've had multiple people say that to me mm-hmm. that they that no one ever talked to him about that. And yeah, when it happened, that yeah, I mean, it's just this you're you're bleeding and you don't know why. And f- for some people, you, it might even be accompanied by tons and tons and tons of pain. Mm-hmm. Um, but this book has. Um, been out for nearly 50 years. Wow. So imagine, really? imagine the number of women <laughs> who have read this book and yeah. have passed it on and passed it on. And it was, um, it was first published nearly 50 years ago, and she has uh, Judy Bloom, um, also author of Ramona, mm-hmm. um, The Brave, and Ramona and Beezus, um, uh, Ralph and the Motorcycle. Oh, Ralph. Yeah. S mouse. <laughs> yeah, Rob has mouse. Um, what are some of the other ones? She she kind of did like an adult one called Forever, which mm. was a story about a girl having sex for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, Judy Bloom is like shaped a, my childhood. Exactly. Yeah. She's like the staple in most of us growing up. Mm-hmm. Those were the books you read growing up. Yeah. Before yeah. we started reading. Tiger Eyes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Before we started reading uh, the book, uh, what's the club, um, Babysitter's Club. Oh, Babysitter's Club. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, it was all about Judy Bloom. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, um, the producers uh, are going to be James L. Brooks, uh, Gracie Films, and Kelly Freeman Craig of the 2016 coming-of-age drama The Edge of Seventeen, which I never saw. Mm-hmm. Um, they bought the rights to turn the book into a movie, and Lionsgate won the auction uh, for the movie rights. So, according to Deadline, uh, the studio has committed to greenlight the film with a budget of 30 million dollars nice. so um i am super excited there's no information about when it's actually going to come out or or when they're going to start filming or even who has uh, any casting or anything i think it's still kind of in the early stages but it is some cheesement that i am so here for and cannot wait I- i'm gonna be- i'm gonna go take my niece to go see this movie mm. um and then i'm gonna take every other young girl that i know in my life <laughs> to go see this movie i'm gonna take my nephew yeah, yeah for sure <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll take all my nephews too, and they're gonna come back traumatized. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we live it, okay? You guys have to learn about it too. I'm, damn it! I'm the person who I was uh, like 14. No, no, no. I was probably 17, 18, and I went and went to the library and rented this movie to show my five year old brother what <laughs> sex meant. <laughs> I didn't ask permission from my mom or anything. Nope. I was just like, you need to know this information. He was five years old. I'm sure he has no no recollection of it whatsoever. But I'm like, this is important. You need to know this. I have given, I've been the one who has given my siblings a talk. And I've done it twice. Uh, once when they like were like going to school. And another time when... Uh, somebody admitted something to me and I was just like, all right, we're sitting down. 
oh, we're gonna have this talk again, <laughs> and we're gonna we're gonna go through it. <laughs> Raise your hand if you have a question. I have flashcards. Uh, <laughs> I had no power, flashcards. PowerPoint. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just joking. No, that's taking it a little bit too far. I remember when I first had my period, and I came, I was so embarrassed, and my mom fucking wanted to tell every person she oh met. Oh my god! Every person she met oh that was like her god. opening, and I'm like, why are you telling these people? It's none of their business. <laughs> Oh my god! And it was like this for her, like this big, like rites of passion, like whatever. And I'm like, I literally have a freaking pillow between my legs. Do not tell people. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! My dad came up to me and he's like, "Your mom told me you got your first period," and I was mortified. I know. I was like, "Oh my god! She told you? Why would she tell you? It's a private thing." Yeah. Anyway, I almost cried. I was so embarrassed. Yeah. I didn't tell my mom. She figured it out once she saw me like taking her pads. And she was like, uh, she was like, when did you get it? I'm just like, oh, I got it a while ago. <laughs> See, I didn't know. I th- and I thought once you started bleeding, you never stopped. <laughs> so I my- guess at the time I never thought about that. But imagine my elation when I found out <laughs> that many, many decades from then that you do. <laughs> so, yeah. My, uh, mom, my mom didn't talk to me. She left it to the school to tell me about it. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, and then she was just like, and you're going to take extra classes about it, too. So I was just like, I was, I was like. 11 taking advanced sex ed courses and I was just like okay advanced sex ed <laughs> <laughs> yeah because uh, uh, after they have the initial one the, my school personally offered other classes as well but you had to have your parents permission and mom was just like yeah yep. my mom had I had to have permission too but the mm-hmm. thing was is that everyone was in one room together when they did the um, the banana thing and talked about sex and blah 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 but when they did the period thing they made the boys go into another Yes, world. that's so they true. They separated us. I was like, why? You know what? To this day, I don't think I've ever actually asked what they talked about. <laughs> like, what were they talking wet about dreams. over there? Boners. Probably wet dreams. Yeah. When, when you wake yeah. up and your sheets are wet, yes. do your own laundry. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you it is wet dreams. I got to ask now. I need to know. We need to know. We need to come back with the information. Yeah. Come back with all that achievement. Uh, when that happened, actually, they didn't separate. No, us. I were... mean they shouldn't. Yeah, that's they all really information that but... we all should know. But yeah, they <laughs> did with me too. They separated the yeah. boys and the girls. Yeah, oh, that's so funny. But yeah, Kristen, what time is it? <gasps> es la hora de la cervecita, and Woo! I'm super excited about this one. Because the info about the brewery and this new um, this new project sounds really awesome. So we have a beer today from Brews Brothers Brewing, and this is a um, from one of their new brands called Owl Farm Brand. And Owl Farm is a project that has been in the works for the past two years, and the goal of the new brand is to offer a constantly rotating line of fermented beverages that are less traditional than the beers sold under the Brews Brothers handle. So concoctions that blur the lines between ales, lager, cider, mead, wine, and cocktails. Though already that sounds really amazing. And this looks really good. Actually, it looks like a it cheap looks, um, white zin. <laughs> I was, was going to say, I don't know if it's the lighting or because the can is close, but 
It's pink. It, yeah, it looks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it looks like one of those bottled uh, wines or like yeah, spritzers and yeah. Stuff, it like looks like spritzers. it looks like cheap white Zinfandel. Uh-huh. Um, but anyway, the thorough explanation of just what that means mm. is provided by Owl Farm's initial offerings. So some of the stuff that they have out of the Owl Farm brand is something called peachy monkey it's a (laughs) 6.4 alcohol by volume peach ale fermented using um bretonomyces i don't even know that what that is but um it's gonna hit shelves along with a gin ghost which is a 4.5 abv kettle sour brewed with juniper berries coriander lemon peel and dill that loosely is based on a spiced german ghost ale and built to be very refreshing and beery take on its namesake spirit which is gin i love gin so that actually caught my eye i would totally love to take that to taste (laughs) that and then lastly they have something called the blackberry cruiser which is a 5.6 abv and mildly tart ale brewed with black Blackberries, lemon, and oolong tea and honey. <gasps> I want to try that. Yes. I want to try that. So we are trying none of those today. <laughs> <laughs> what we have today Ooh, is actually, the can is so cute. Um, it's raspberry lemon ale. It is a 5.2 ABV, and it is um, an American fruit wheat beer. Raspberry lemon ale, as its name would suggest was brewed with raspberries, Meyer lemons, and hibiscus. The raspberries lend their fresh sweetness and tartness as well as a bright floral aroma, while the lemons supply moderate acidity, a touch of sweetness, and mandarin-like citrus aroma. The hibiscus was added for its subtle tannin profile and tea-like flavor, as well as its beautiful deep magenta color. So... This is what we're trying today, Owl Farm Unique Fermentation Raspberry Lemon Ale. So, totally not what something I would go for or be like, nah, that's too sweet or whatever. But all of the things that we just read make me so interested to try this. I've never it had it before. It smells... You're right. It smells like a cheap white wine. <laughs> <laughs> or a rosé. Uh-huh. Uh, yes, rosé for sure. Yeah. But let's uh, let's go ahead and give it a taste. Well, I got this at uh, Torrens Craft Beer Cellar, mm-hmm. and it was mainly I got it because I wanted to try uh, something other than IPAs yeah. and double IPAs and all that stuff. And the and the can was super cute. It is super cute. So the beer or the ale is actually very light, um, and it is a little on the tart side, which I. Do not prefer, but um, I actually like it. I I enjoy it. It's it. The lemon is, is um, very. Uh, I think it's the forefront flavor for me. Um, but you can definitely taste the raspberries in there. Uh, this is a wine spritzer. Yeah, this is a, yeah. blatantly what this is. This is a wine spritzer, and it's actually kind of there's flavor there, but it's mostly watery. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I feel like it needs. <clears throat> All right. You know how we the mango cart stuff and like that, and yeah. how we said that it would taste good. This I feel like this definitely needs like some stuff added to it. Like you need to throw in some berries. You need to throw in some of the like, like some alcohol. Uh, yeah, <laughs> five point two is just not doing it for Sarah. <laughs> or like uh, 
like uh like like or maybe like this would be like a raspberry version of a mimosa or something. Yeah, I feel like that would be okay, like so, super delicious. Like, I would have to be in the mood for this. Exactly what Jen said. If I was wanting to drink a beer, I would not go for this. But there are some times when I'm like, oh, I want something light. I want something fruity. Whatever. I would go for it. Um, at the same time, there's a things that I probably would drink more readily than this. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it it's, I don't know. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All no, right, all right. But it. it is watery. It's watery. Yeah, it doesn't hold the flavor very much. No. Yeah. So it's sort it of, it's almost like a White Claw. Oh, <laughs> the, the drink of the I think white actually bitch. White Claw might actually <laughs> might actually have more. <laughs> no, I I I don't know what to say. I think it's sort of like a juice. Okay, it's like this. It's like you washed. Okay, it's like you had juice, right? Like raspberry juice or raspberry lemonade, and you forgot you let to the wa- ice. No, melt. no, and you for <laughs> you forgot to wash the cup, right? And then it's just a little rim on the bottom, and then you add water, thinking it's a clean cup, and mm. then you drink it. That's what this is. Yeah. Except this yep. has You just carbon. really grossed me out. <laughs> you just really, really, really glo- grossed me out right it, now. Except this one has uh, car- is carbonation. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that's how I feel about this drink. Do you know how I taught my siblings how to wash the dishes properly? Mm. I, I, I made them wash it and then I looked it over and I was just like, I was just like, huh, you see this bottom right here on the glass? I was just like, I'm gonna pour you some water right now, and I want you to drink it. And they're like, No. And then I was so then I and then I told them, All right, then wash it right. And I made them wash it again. I love it though. I'm gonna I'm gonna that's use that. That's a good yeah. That's, I'm gonna use that one because that's true. That uh, happened to me once. I'm not gonna say who. And then I poured myself some water, and then I because I always look before I drink. Me too. Mm-hmm. And I was like. The fuck is milk doing oh, on the bottom that's of the worst? I was just disgusted. That's angry, the worst. And because it was filtered water, <gasps> oh, you wasted that water. I wasted that yeah. water. I was so mad. You can't even water the plants because it has like milk in it. Yeah. No, you still can. So, well, you can, but I um, Anyway, I. <laughs> anyway, that was a disgusting moment. And this is why I described this beer like that was it's not a beer it's a it's an <laughs> ale it's an it's, ale it, to be honest it's an ale it is a a concoction a less traditional concoction yeah. <laughs> some fermented thing i don't it's know not bad um so yes it's not it's not bad it's not good <laughs> i don't mind it and if someone gave this to me for free for 5.2 abv i would drink the crap out of it yep. um i liked the first couple of sips and then after that it went downhill yeah <laughs> i have to agree yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Gonna, all right well okay, it's so it, i mean i'm i've been trying to bring in more different styles and i appreciate that because we've actually found some good stuff but yeah. this this i, I Failed. It's okay. I failed. No, I kind of like it, but <laughs> I'm partial to it because and you're gonna laugh, Kristen, because um, um, I I have gone out drinking with some of my coworkers and stuff like that, and you know this and stuff like that, uh-huh. or like we've planned an outing and we're playing like Commander and stuff like that, yeah. and we all bring alcohol, and it's kind of become a joke to bring like white white claws uh, or like uh-huh. hard seltzers yeah. or stuff like that, and I've kind of grown to like them. <laughs> Because of that, so I'm like, I'm just like, oh shit, this this actually slaps. Well, actually, when I started um, having to go lark low carb, um, the biggest thing I was sad about was beer and not being able to drink 
um, yummy beer. So I um, I did a lot of um, trial and error with a lot of those drinks, with those low-carb drinks. White Claw, Truly. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband likes this one mule vodka, vodka mule, I don't know, whatever, but I don't really like. Um, I like it. It's good. I don't like ginger, so it's really disgusting to me. Aww, um, yeah. But... Um, there are now craft breweries who are doing low carb IPAs, mm. and um, I've been buying those. Oh, California! Uh, and <laughs> I actually, it's it's like four percent ABV, which is not very much, but it has enough of the beer taste that I enjoy to do my like really nip my craving. Um, but where I was going with this was that in. Doing so, I was crying into my Trulies and into my White Claws, and I started, yes, I started to enjoy them. So they're they're definitely, um, there's a place and a time for them, for sure. Um, But I think that most of the people who make fun of them secretly drink it in in their homes in the dark. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So let's go on and rate this. Okay, so as a reminder, our rating system is a 5 out of 5 rating system with 1 being flaccid, 2 initial, 3 partial, 4 full, and a 5 out of 5 is a rigid. And you um, can go 6 out of 5 if you really, really, really enjoy it, and that is a super saiyan. So um, I am going to ask you, Sarah, what would you like to rate this this concoction? (laughs) Well, it's not a flaccid. Mm-hmm. What comes after flaccid? Flaccid initial. initial. I'm gonna say initial. Okay. I'm I'm definitely initial. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't like anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, this is Kristen, and I think I'm gonna give it a partial, only because. Okay, so my first two sips were like, oh, this is really fruity, really lemony. I like that. And then I kept drinking it and it was like just the, the it was like it hit me and then it just went away. It was just watery tasting. But it is a 5.2, which is pretty decent. And um, <laughs> and I think that if I kept drinking it, I would come back around to liking it again. <laughs> That's eventually what happens. So um, I'm going to give it a partial as well, mostly because I think about it and this could have easily been a sour and yes. then it would have been disgusting. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and that would have made it worse. So the f- I like the fact that it's an ale. Uh-huh. Uh, I think yeah, I think it just like maybe needs like a couple more like stuff to make it like really good. I would I definitely would not mind this as like a mimosa kind of thing. Yeah, I think it would be like uh, what? See, stay I, drinking exactly no. what you were saying earlier. What can we add to it to make it better? Mm-hmm. Even if we like added Alcohol. fresh, <laughs> <laughs> even if we added like fresh fruit. Fresh fruit or something, or even used this as some sort of like yummy fizzy addition to um, a uh, what's it called when you do wine and- sangria? Sangria, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't be have. Yeah, but actually. we're having to add it. So. <laughs> yeah, that's why it's a partial. <laughs> but it has the potential to be like saved, unlike oh, okay. other ones, which yeah. is nothing in the world. You can do yeah, Remember to it. that chocolate beer that we tried? <laughs> oh my God. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that is. Uh, so I'm going to stick with partial. I'm going to give it a partial. All right. That was our uh, review. And now it's time for our book review. What are we reviewing today, guys? 
So today we have a book review that is of a book that we had been waiting for quite some time, and I think each of us、um, were introduced to this book at different. Places, I think Sarah, you said that you were introduced at one place, and I'm like, well, the first time I heard of it was at this other place, and、um, I was introduced at the Latin Comics Expo Modesto. Okay,、yeah. I was introduced to it at、uh, Stanley's、uh, Kamikaze、uh, when they were just starting, like on it. I remember, and、that. I remember. Reading an article about it because they were starting a Kickstarter and and I read something and I think we might have I might have shared it on a, a Juntos y Fuertes or something,、um, and then in person yes I am I met the creator at the Latino Comics Expo last Paul, year in Modesto Paul Meyer yes、nice. uh huh so、um, the book that we are reviewing today is Under the Cottonwood Tree El Susto de la Curandera. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Now, the under the cottonwood tree was like, oh, whatever, whatever. But the the <laughs> underlying el susto de la curandera got me as soon as I saw that. I'm like, oh my god, I want to、yes, read this book.、Yes. Absolutely, and it is a beautiful book.、It、yeah, is, really you、is. can definitely see. Uh, there, there was a lot of love poured、yes. into this book, and the artwork is so.、Uh, Kristen actually got an advanced copy for、mm-hmm. it、uh, before it was like actually printed in the Kickstarter and everything.、Uh, and then, uh, sorry, and then Sarah actually backed the Kickstarter and got a copy of the book. And I was flipping through them, and just you can see the differences. Uh, yeah. In between the advanced copy and the actual printed copy, the lines are cleaner. The artwork's just a little bit brighter because of the new pages that、mm-hmm. they used.、Uh, and a lot of the misspellings that there was in the first one have been、um, uh, corrected and stuff like that. And the cover, oh, was like、yeah. freaking、oh, yeah. night and day. <laughs> oh yeah, the co- there are two different covers, and、um, uh, there's a longer、uh, note of dedication in the back、mm. as well,、uh, as well as.、Uh, Full coloring because there was some pages、yeah. that weren't colored、yeah. in the advanced copy,、uh, but it is it is a beautiful book. And、uh, last episode we reviewed Meso and we praised it for its research, the,、um, uh, but it's it can kind of be seen as something that was written from the outside. This book is one hundred percent. Cultural,、yep. you get it. You that's Latinidad right yep. there.、Mm-hmm. That is like you can tell. You can tell immediately when、uh, a person of color from that cultural background has made something. Yep, because there's insight. There's um, um there's there's words. There's care that you can see is done into the book, and、mm-hmm. this is. Uh, you could definitely see this right here,、uh, and it's uh, it was a great read. I really liked it. I liked the opening and how kind of like the uh, it, it opens like a traditional story, the uh, oral storytelling and stuff like that, uh, uh, and kind of like back in the day opening as well. Uh, I I really like that. Yeah, and one of the things uh, uh, I was introduced to the book to the actual.、Um, Kind of the draft version of it、mm-hmm. at Modesto, and I immediately took out my money and I was like, "Where can I, I know, get my book?" We all did. <laughs> and then he's like, "No, no, no! This is just a sample."、Mm-hmm. But you know how much、um, s- that was such a good plan on his behalf,、mm-hmm. because seeing it in actual in your hand, you can hold it and see what it's gonna be. Yeah,、mm-hmm. you just wanted to immediately just purchase it. 
Yeah. Um, and then getting the actual book itself after the editing and the coloring and, you know, choosing the right pages and the right mm-hmm. format and everything for the book. And yeah. It it's so much more. Yeah. But seeing initially in a in an actual book format really helped yeah. towards this Kickstarter, I think. Uh-huh. Like I was immediately like, where do I put my money? And it's like, well, the <laughs> Kickstarter hasn't started yet. I'm like, well, I need to know. Like, <laughs> like and it was actually quite some time after yes, um, exactly. Modesto last year that mm-hmm. the before the Kickstarter started. Uh-huh. Exactly. And I believe because he hadn't finished the book. Oh, but okay. Would, uh, they just needed to finish it. And then he'd be like, OK, here's the product. Yeah. Here it is. And like, I think there was some issues with finding a publishing, mm. how to publish it. Got it. But then they finally got all that rolling and then they got the Kickstarter. So this story actually came from a dream that Paul had. Oh. Um, he had a strange and unforgettable dream about a talking calf, which we see in the book. Um, and older brother Carlos took that dream and based a short story on it. He called the story The Calf, the Caterpillar, and the Curandera. So for those of you who don't know what a curandera is, it, it's um, somebody um, that's very prominent in, I think, Latino culture. I know multiple people to this day who go to curanderas. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah, people for sure. my age uh, uh, and younger. I, mm-hmm. I I go. Yeah, do you? Yeah, like so, so, I mean, sporadically, like maybe once every two years. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. but you know, I really. This is one of the reasons I didn't go to the doctor until like twelve days after I was sick because I was kind of uh, hoping the natural it. remedies would help. So, mm-hmm. curandera. Um, and I'm assuming curandera. There's a curandero. Yeah. Um, <laughs> translates to healer. Yeah. Um, but. It's much more than that in, I think, uh, in Lat- mm-hmm. Latinx culture. <laughs> it is. Um, it, there's so much more. I mean, there's a lot of um, mysticism wrapped up in in religion and stuff mm-hmm. for, for Latinos, I think. Um, my grandmother dabbled in, um, what do you call it? Uh, in uh, yeah, in San in Santaria. Okay, um, which is really funny because um, you you think about that, and then you think about how religious um, your abuelas are <laughs> and praying to God and all that. But here they are, you know, chanting in the basement so, <laughs> with with like dolls um, and breaking eggs and stuff. So oh, totally, yeah. La Limpia uh, for yeah, sure. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, you, you guys s- want to do one? Let's do one at home. Yeah. <laughs> and you see a lot of parallel and crossover with um, the, um, what do you call it? In um, New Orleans, um, uh-huh. the, what are they called? Voodoo. 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 Yeah. Uh-huh. Or hoodoo or voodoo. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but so there, I know people who, exactly what Sarah was saying, when they get sick, their go-to is not to go to the doctors, to mm-hmm. go to their curandera. Mm-hmm. Yep. And in this book, uh, the curandera, um, the local curandera um, helped, uh, what do they call it when they helped them give birth? Uh, like midwife? a midwife. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. She served also as a midwife. So there's a lot of different facets yeah. that curanderas do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah like or there's, curanderos. There's different schools of it. And in the back matter of the book, they kind of uh, delve into the history of curanderas, famous ones, and like the different like schools of being a curandera and stuff like that and how there's like crossover as well but it was a the premise of the book is that this is a curandera who has lost something yeah and she's uh she's in pain and who does the curandera go to to get healed yeah kind of thing Mm -hmm. right Uh, and it's uh 
it's I th- I think it was a very loving, powerful story as well. Um, um, uh, but I highly, highly recommend it. Uh, it's it was uh, there was a lot of insight into like New Mexican culture and kind of like yes. how culture used to be mm-hmm. uh, before. Uh, and the reason I like it is because when it opened in the book, it said uh, that was a different time back then. Mm-hmm. It was a different time is the 1940s, which mm-hmm. is also true. But when you think about it, it's not that long that ago. Long ago. No. <laughs> so, like, there's still people who are from the 1940s that are still alive um, uh, that served in the war and everything as well. So, but uh, how they opened it, it was just like in that time there was magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I I really like stories that open up like that. Yeah. Um, uh, mostly because I grew up with stories like that yeah. as well. I mean, it definitely reads 100% like a fairy fable. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, and in fact, the back of the book um, has a little description uh, synopsis. It says, in the deep confines of the beautiful and majestic Rio Grande Bosque, a fable is told, a fable of a simpler time concerning the rich tricultured communities of New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Join brothers Amadeo and Carlos Lucero in this enchanting Wizard of Oz-esque and Hispanic flavored story of magic and adventure and discover how the power of love and family triumphs and turns an old witch back into a healer yeah yeah and that's one of the things i really liked about this book is that there was like a lesson to be learned yes Mm -hmm. you know that kindness goes a long way which is a fable yeah (laughs) it is it's a it's a it's a very uh fairy tale-esque yeah uh book and uh, but i personally really like that Uh, yeah i do too i mm -hmm. loved it and i i could see myself reading this with my nephews and my niece and like it's it was so um entertaining to me as an adult but also very childlike at the same time Mm -hmm. i really enjoyed that yeah and i like the mesh of the cultures because you have city life Mm -hmm. um uh country life and native uh tribes all mixing together exactly uh and i like how it avoided the the stereotype of like we're gonna go to the Native Americans to like and teach them the right way, or, like teach them the right way, but also like solve our problems with, right with yeah. uh, their version of like <laughs> magic or whatever. Yes. Um, uh, but they still incorporated legends and myths and stuff like that into it as well. Uh, and I like the fact that uh, there was the the use of the hero twins, but this time kind of like flipped as well. No, no, the hero twins is a story that's usually that you've kind of see reflected um, among a lot of Native American tribes. There's a hero twins story for the Navajo, uh, for the Cherokee, for um, there, uh, for the Mayans, and I'm pretty sure the Aztecs have a hero twin story. Like twins play a big a big deal in fables and there you can you could see that this was used but it was kind of used ingeniously mm-hmm. it was a it was really entertaining uh how they used in the mentions of like mythological creatures that uh are very different from western ones that we that we usually hear about but these are like really cool uh and i really like them yeah i love the art the artwork was really amazing um the color use yeah, uh, to kind of uh, establish like a dreamlike sense, mm-hmm. I really loved. I loved how they drew all the people in it, mm-hmm. and I love how somehow the people. I don't know if you noticed, but somehow the physical aspect of the people changed once uh, we were back in this current era. 
I don't know if you noticed oh, that. Well, uh, <clears throat> yes, but uh, they did a good job of aging them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because uh, when the book opens up, the book opens up with uh, an older woman telling a story. Mm-hmm, and, of course, mm-hmm. there's a flashback. But it's a flashback of hers, of like right. how she took a part in it as well. Uh, but at the end of the book, you see them all aged up as older people, mm-hmm. but you can still tell that it's them. Right, yeah. And uh, it's like, it was, I thought that was really cool because uh, if you see pictures of people, of older people that you see, um, uh, that you know of, and then you look at pictures when you, uh, that you see uh, when they were young, you can, you, can, kinda, yeah. you can kind of tell to see how they aged. Yeah. And they did a really, they don't look super radically different. Mm-hmm. They just look how... Like how you would imagine that they would look like yeah. older. Mm-hmm. The the story was so intricate and so many little details and facets, but also super easy to follow, super um, mm-hmm. engaging. But there was so many, like Jen mentioned, so many little clear and like amazing references that are were very like you were saying very full of latinidad Mm -hmm. and there are many times when i was reading this book and i read something that it actually called back um imagery and um memories of my grandmother Uh uh-huh that's super nice well i totally loved when they drew tacos on the table (laughs) so delicious and then when they were mentioning beer and cheese i felt like uh el tío was like a kindred spirit i I loved it that little tío was my favorite he was funny (laughs) with his little little mustache yeah yeah and um, uh, i really liked how they wrote the relationships between the siblings because yes yes been there done that yes. i really liked cindy and i really liked mandy uh-huh. uh they were really cute but you could tell cindy was the oldest one so she felt yes. like responsible yeah. for all of her siblings yeah. uh there was a uh, the token white boy as well <laughs> 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 who was working on their farm and did, uh, what but... is a curandura <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they made a point of it being like um, um all these p- people were living together but in peace yeah, yeah. uh compadres y comadres and stuff like yeah. that and so it was a uh, uh and they use that term too in the book and that's how you can tell that it was it's written from somebody who knows mm-hmm, how the mm-hmm. culture is mm-hmm. uh and that uh, is really really good and i was highly highly say that you should support this book and Absolutely. buy it and read it and mm-hmm. yeah most definitely <laughs> uh so sarah got her copy through the kickstarter mm-hmm. um and on your book, um, I am assuming that it's uh, published on this on my book, which I have the um, the advanced preview. It says that it's uh, published by North North Four Pub. No, I can't even say it. North Fourth Publications. So on here. Mm, it doesn't say that. It says you can go to www.utctbook.com. I don't know what that stands for. Under the Cottonwood Tree. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Mind blown. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Oh, and this book also has a glossary in the back, like some of the other books that we've read that mm-hmm. um, had the Spanish book, uh, Spanish word within the dialogue. But um, and some New Mexican slang. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Like they're the uh, what they named their turkey. 
is what um is totally different from what I well where I come from in Mexico they named their turkey. So mm-hmm. I actually had to look it up. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Also, what do you mean they named it or what the, they called the, it? What they call oh, it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I knew, I knew both, I know two things. My grandmother referred to it as pavo, but also wajalote. So, I mean, words that they use like cochino, um, baboso. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there was something they kept saying in here. A la máquina? Yeah. Yeah, I had never heard of it. I had never too, heard of that. But it was a, it's a, ma- it's a way of expressing surprise. Uh, something like that. And there was something else that they... Híjola. Híjola? You I, never heard híjola? Not really like that. Really? Híjole. Yeah. Uh-huh. I've heard it. But yeah, there was slang in here um, that I was like, um, I'd never I'd never heard that before. And so I just was assuming that it was something that was um, from that area. Um, but I I completely 100 percent agree with um, you to that. I highly recommend it. I highly me- recommend you go buy it. Uh, you read it together with everybody that you can read it. Um, with and buy it as a gift and um, just support this book in any way you can and because it's just so amazing I love it and I'm just flipping through it right now and just the art um, in this final edition which is not the one I had um, with me is awesome it's so amazing Uh, yes and you could actually find under the cottonwood tree on Comixology, it just released on Comixology for nine ninety nine. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, not bad. Yes, and it is published by North Forth Publications. It's written by both Charles Meyer and Paul Meyer, and the art is by Margaret Hardy. Um, so, yes, highly recommend this book. Um, I prefer to have the book physically in my hands, but just to propel the story and to share this story and to be able to access the story, uh, you could definitely um, buy it on Comixology and read it on your Kindle or on your desktop and uh, or your iPad. And or... it's already won uh, multiple awards. It's, it's the 2019 International Latino Book Award first place winner for Best Graphic Novel. Wow. That's amazing. Wow. That's really cool. It's the 2019 Moonbeam Children's Book Award um, gold medal winner for Best Graphic Novel. Wow. And 2019 New Mexico, Arizona Book Award winner for um, Best Fiction Graphic Novel. Wow. So that is well deserved a lot of awards for a book that um just came out just came just out yeah launched it just finished its kickstarter and has yeah and own. came out as a kickstarter yeah. so um are you ready to rate the book yes i certainly am this is sarah and i'm gonna rate this book uh the whole panaderia and a cup of champurrado i really love it mm-hmm. it's really amazing i loved it since he showed me the the uh, prototype yeah. and that I wanted to just take out my 20 bucks and just pay for it. And then um, I'm so glad I, I got to be able to participate in the Kickstarter. So I, I'm very happy with, I'm very happy with this book and I urge everybody to go out there and read it, find it, um, share it. Yes. So this is Kristen. I am going to rate it. Um, also the whole panaderia. It is so amazing. So perfect, um, to read 
to whoever you want to read it to. Um, I loved the story. I loved the the fable fairy tale um, aspect of it. And it's just an amazing story with amazing art. So I give it the whole panadaria. Excellent. How about Jen? Uh, I'm going to give it the whole panadaria, the empanadas, the... The champurrado, uh, everything. Uh, and beer and cheese. And beer and cheese. <laughs> for a deal. For the deal, yeah. Uh, I really loved it, and I highly recommend it to everybody who can uh, pick it up. Excellent. And that was the book review. And now it's time for On My Radar. Kristen, what is on your radar? This week on my radar is a Marvel book. So a big two book that just came out a couple of weeks ago in March um, called Sorcerer or Sorcerer Strange Academy. It is about sorcery, but it's called Strange Academy. And it is a book written by Scotty Young. I really (gasps) love Scotty Young's aesthetic. Yes. Yes. I love his writing. (laughs) His writing is just as like cute and engaging as his art (laughs) Um, and it is actually um, drawn by Umberto Ramos who is a Mexican penciler so um, there's some Latino representation there in this book so a little synopsis about Strange Academy the Marvel Universe has mysteriously changed in such an alarming way that Doctor Strange has done what he's avoided for decades he's opened a school for young sorcerers. <laughs> Young people from around the world with aptitude in magic have been brought together in New Orleans to study the mystic arts under Strange, Brother Voodoo, the Ancient One, Scarlet Witch, Magic, and Hellstrom. All your favorite Marvel magicians, but with all the new magical threats, is it too late? So, um, and you're also introduced to quite a few new young characters as well in the first issue. So, um, I thought it was really a cool idea. Um, it's kind of like X-Men, but for the magic people of the Marvel Universe. And, um... I loved the first issue. Um, it's Scotty Young 100%. Um, it was fun. It was funny. Um, but also um, really gets into the meat of like Doctor Strange and sorcery and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, it is on my radar. I highly recommend it. And um, it is only on issue one right now. So if um, you, it's something that you can jump onto right now, you'll be there at the beginning. That's really cool. All right, it's time for Juntos y Fuertes. And today on Juntos y Fuertes is the Pink Boots Society. Pink Boots Collaboration Day is where they, it's a society where they actually, uh, it's for um, Women's Day, March 8th, where women gather and um, brew a brew for Women's Day. And they call themselves the Big, uh, the Pink Boots Society uh, Pink Boots Collaboration Brew Day was born from our members' desire to take part of an International Women's Day March 8th by raising the profile of women's roles in the beer industry. Chapters and members of Pink Boots Society get together along with supporting breweries and individuals, put on their pink boots, and brew their, their chosen beer style. Pink Boots Society splits proceeds of the sales of its collaboration brews with participating chapters the revenue is applied to educational scholarships and programmings for its members. So, 
We're in March. That's cool. Yeah. And uh, so. Happy c- International Women's Month. Yeah. Exactly. And also you could actually uh, look up p- the pink in the Pink Boot Society and see what breweries participated in the brew of uh, this Women's Day brew. And uh, they are for sale. Oh, so cool. So right now cool. the one, the only person that I know, uh, the only people that I know that are participating in the Pink Boot Society are um the Independent Women's mm-hmm. Brewing Club, which is the, uh, they actually have their meetings at the Indie Brewing Company. Um, and their cover art is amazing. Oh, nice. It's, uh, you know, the L.A. Woman cover art for uh, The Doors? Yeah. The L.A. Yeah. Woman cover? It's L.A. Woman, but it's their brew- the Brewers. So I thought it was really oh, cool. Nice. So I can't wait to get my hands on that brew <laughs> so I can share it with you guys. But, yes, that is on my Juntos y Fuertes. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Okay, so I would watch Deadpool the other day, and you just reminded me of International Women's Day and that one scene <laughs> in Deadpool where yes! where they're having him and Vanessa are having sex for almost every holiday. Yes, and one of them was International uh, Women's uh, Day, uh, and she she's and she, pegging him. Yeah, she's pegging. So <laughs> celebrate with your significant other by pegging them. You know, as God intended. Uh, <laughs> To look up more information on the Pink Boots collaboration, go to pinkbootssociety.org. I mentioned that because it's not .com, it's .org. Yeah, which means they're a nonprofit organization. Excellent. All right, guys, it's time for saludos. And today, saludos goes out to uh, Daniel Calvo. Daniel Calvo... He is uh, he is the editor at uh, Concrete Comics, and he will soon be releasing his comic book, Andy Starboy. Andy Starboy is, as you heard before on a previous episode, is a um, a story about a superhero uh, in Area Fifty One. Um, he is uh, the son of. Um, immigrant Mexican parents but because of all the testing and the uh, there's a lot of mutations going on mm-hmm. so he's actually a mutant sort of like X-Men but Wait so when you say in Area 51 is he being held at Area 51 or he just lives in the surrounding area Well I don't know yet because the story isn't out yet Okay but, but I'm excited to hear more about it Um so anyway Daniel Calvo he sent us a um because he all he writes, he's a writer. He was published when he uh, first was published when he was fifteen, um, but he sent us an article cool. called "The Walk of Mexicali," and he just got a rejection letter from the L.A. Times. So that's kind of big for him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he sent us the article, and we will be sh- we have been oh, sharing it cool. on our page. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So hopefully you guys enjoy that. But many saludos goes out today to Daniel Calvo, and hope to read your work very very soon. Uh, when I say your work, I mean your comments. So uh, um, I think he's going to start a Kickstarter. And when that happens, we will let you guys know. All right. That brings us to the end of our episode. Girls, where can they find us? You can find us on Facebook at Comic Comadres and on Instagram at Comadres y Comics. And you can find us at Twitter on Comic Comadres, uh, where you can send us a DM. (laughs) I love when you say that. <laughs> um, you can also just email us directly to comadresecomics at gmail.com. We have been your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.